What does Jim Harbaugh's departure to the LA Chargers mean for the Oklahoma Sooners? We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase over at Game Time. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh On Ref. The show is at Locked On Sooners. You can also hear Josh. Monday through Friday from nine to noon on the KRF Sports app. And Josh, Jim Harbaugh made waves by departing the Michigan Wolverines, the national champion Michigan Wolverines for the Los Angeles Chargers. So what could that mean for the Oklahoma Sooners moving forward, Josh? Well, this is, uh, I guess, more or less expected news, right? Uh, It felt like this was maybe trending in that direction. Just uh, with the way that the year had played out and the couple of suspensions and you, oh, by the way, went and finished the deal and won a national championship. So now it's, you don't have that still, that goal still dangling out there. You've accomplished it, right? So kind of all of it uh, felt like with the interviews that clearly he had taken as well. And oh, by the way, this is not the first time that Jim Harbaugh has interviewed with the NFL scene since taking over the Michigan gig. Kind of felt like the writing was on the wall for a while that at some point, Jim Harbaugh was was going to wind up back in the National Football League. Well, okay, it's now, and this leaves a, a big opening in college football, though I guess it sounds like Sharon Moore is pretty well the candidate in-house established, and it's just a formality of waiting through the uh, listed set of posted dates that the job has to be posted for. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma Sooners, great uh, former Sooner, Sharon Moore. I mean, I guess former coach with the Sooners. It seems like that's going to be the fit. The guy helped keep Michigan undefeated during Harbaugh suspension during the interim and seems to be a very well-liked guy there. Obviously going to recruit well, done a good job at building that offensive line and that offense. So I don't know how much they'll miss a beat and really how much will be a impacted in the transfer portal discussion if they keep kind of one of the the in-house favorites as the head coach so that'll be really fascinating to see but on a big picture scale you know this is the third um you know head coach of the college football playoff that's no longer with the team that they took to the college football playoff nick saban retired kalen DeBoer went to alabama and now jim harbaugh off to the chargers so it's it's a wild kind of offseason but it's also kind of become par for the course where we see these big time coaches leaving for one reason or another. Now, obviously the Nick Saban departure may be unexpected, but also as you get older, it could be any moment that that happens. But anytime that a big time head coach like that leaves, it creates a vacuum and it opens up this, this big space. And, uh, you know, Kalen DeBoer is going to try and fill it. And then Jed Fish goes to Washington. And so there's just been all kinds of you know tr- transfer portal reopenings uh, because of all these job changes. But I, I don't know if it'll 
impact Oklahoma from a personnel standpoint, but we do know with Jim Harbaugh's departure, the, the home and home that's coming up in the future, that certainly will be depart or impacted. Yes. More may be a great head coach. Jim Harbaugh has been kind of one of the better ones during his tenure. Why the out it was at Stanford or with the San Francisco 49ers or now with the Michigan Wolverines, the dude's just been really, really successful everywhere he's gone. And that's going to be really hard to replace. No matter how good of an assistant you've been, you're all, you're also on that Brent Venables track where this is your first head coaching job. So what that looks like down the road, whenever Oklahoma is having that home and home, and even for Texas in 2024, it's going to look a lot different than what it did in 2023. So each of uh, these openings across the college football playoff, you could make an argument, right, that uh, it should help Oklahoma in the national landscape. It's definitely going to help Oklahoma, we think, right, within the SEC picture that Nick Saban's out of the equation. And here uh, nationally, Michigan's been the Big Ten champion three years in a row. So, okay, it sounds like they're going the route of Sharon Moore, who did a fabulous job as the interim coach and has been uh, terrific in really all of his work offensively over the last hour many seasons for Michigan. And yet, are they making the right decision, John? As we think about the national picture for OU and really for everybody else, is uh, is Sharon Moore the, the right candidate is this a decision based and understandably so if you looked at what happened to Alabama and uh, a little bit to, to Washington and Arizona, but certainly Alabama, you worry about the continuity factor. So you've got a candidate in-house that sort of kind of felt like the obvious, this is the next head coach in line if Harbaugh leaves. And yet is Michigan on some level making a mistake by not going through truly because right now it sort of sounds like they're not truly going through a national search. Would they be doing themselves a disservice by not doing so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if you're, if you've got a Lance Leipold that's interested or a Chris Kleiman, you've got to kind of take that phone call and at least explore the opportunity. But if those guys aren't interested, then you really don't have many other options. You can try and poach Brian Kelly from LSU, but why would he leave so quickly? I know people talk a lot of times about the culture fit. He's a kind of a Northern guy, but Northern coaches succeed all the time in the uh, South of the Mason Dixon line all the time. You know, oh, Bob Stoops, a guy out of Ohio came down, you know, coached all over, coached in Florida, clo- coached at Oklahoma. He's been successful. If you're just a good football coach, you're going to be a good football coach, whether it's up North, out West, out East, it, it, it shouldn't matter. So it's hard for me to imagine you know, them not taking the opportunity to look at all of the options. And it, I think it would be a, a disservice and that's no disrespect to more, but if you're a big time blue blood program, you're going to have people knocking on your door, looking for that job. And are you willing to say no to who could be potentially a, a national champion winning coach? It'd be really hard to say no if you're the athletic director, I think. So a couple of other angles to this that I want to dive into next. The the home and home with Michigan. Do you feel better about it now for Oklahoma? Now it's not immediately. It's not straight away in 2024. It's 25 and 26 for Oklahoma where you will 
host in 25 and you'll head up to Ann Arbor in 2026. Do we feel better about that? And then something that came into the radio station today, I thought maybe it was a little over the top, right? I always think when you put ultimatums on a program, maybe we're putting too much into it, but I'll entertain a conversation about it. Now with Saban out of the picture and with Harbaugh out of the picture and with Kalen DeBoer relocating to Alabama, is the time now more than ever for Oklahoma to cash in and win a national championship in the next couple of seasons? Their phrasing on the text line to the radio station was, or else you'll become the next Nebraska. Let's not walk down that path. Let's skip, down- skip, skip, stop. Sorry. Won't block any numbers, but yes, we'll not, we'll not walk down that path. But the importance of trying to break through now, because I look at the the Michigan Wolverines who just broke through and won a national championship and ahead of the season, to me, the sort of the landscape of college football was was ripe for Michigan to break through and win a national championship because of other programs having turnover at quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. And they did it right. So let's discuss that. Does this help Oklahoma in terms of the home and home? Do you feel better about it? And does this ramp up your expectation for Brent Venables in Oklahoma that they need to cash in and get the big enchilada here in the near future? So we'll discuss that next on Locked On Sooners and later in the show. We're going to do a little 2024 starting lineup projection for Oklahoma football in the third segment. So stick around here on Locked On Sooners, your team every day. If you're looking for last minute tickets to the best events near you, you got to go to game time. Great prices at the last minute. It can be frustrating looking for tickets. Sometimes you look at some of the big websites and you see the ticket and you're like, oh, that's not a bad price. And then you got to see all the fees that are associated with it. Well, game time gives it to you straight up. They give you an opportunity to look at even where your seat's going to be and what your vision is going to be, what your view is going to be of the court, of the field, what have you. I love the game time app. It's just so easy to use. And again, you get the best tickets and the lowest prices guaranteed over there at game time. So go download it in your app store. Use promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. That's new users get $20 off your first purchase by using promo code locked on. And all users can use promo code Vegas 100 to get $100 off purchase of a ticket to the big game that's the super bowl coming up so go check it out at game time again download in your app store game time the fastest the best tickets lowest prices guaranteed at game time okay josh lead us away here which do you want to discuss first the home and home where do you where do you want to start here well don't you feel better about 25 and 26 just on the surface i mean i have a a similar reaction to not, not as pronounced, but a similar reaction to the news of Nick Saban with Alabama. And now Jim Harbaugh here to where, okay. uh, And maybe this is not to say a dirty word, Oklahoma fans, but maybe this is kind of the national reaction to Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma to where you've got an established head coach or Bob Stoops before that. That's probably a better example, right? Where you've got a legendary head coach that vacates the position and sort of nationally people feel like, okay, well surely they're going to take some sort of a dip, at least in the intermediate uh, or the, the immediate right here. Right. So I kind of feel that way about Michigan to where, okay, let's see. I, at the end here, 
knew that Jim Harbaugh had Michigan humming as the best program in the Big Ten. We saw that in the form of three straight Big Ten championships. So, yeah, for now, I feel better about 25 and 26 because we we don't know what Michigan looks like under Sharon Moore just yet. We have a, a sampling as the interim, right? But how much of the strings were getting pulled behind the scenes by a, a Jim Harbaugh? I, I don't know. And there's a lot of retooling that has to happen as well because they, they're losing a ton of talent to the NFL and the head coach. And as much as you know, the assistants matter, they're huge and on the recruiting trail. I mean, the head coach is the figurehead. I mean, he is the face of the program. And now you lose that face. And whether it's Sharon Moore or an outside hire, you still got to kind of readjust the direction of the program a little bit, maybe not a whole lot. Michigan's going to be good. I expect them to be good. Will they be three straight Big Ten titles and a national champion? Good. We'll see. I know that Ryan Day at Ohio State and Dan Lanning at uh, Oregon and Jed Fish at Washington, Lincoln Riley at USC, all those teams that are going to be part of the Big Ten moving forward, they're all celebrating because that's one less you know national title winning head coach, a, a head coach that had been to a Super Bowl with the 49ers, had had a lot of success at Stanford. I mean, that's a guy that's no longer in the in the picture. That's someone you're not going to have to contend with as much on the recruiting trail. Now, Moore could absolutely keep them at that standard, keep them running at the same level. But for right now, it certainly creates a question when you get to Oklahoma going to Ann Arbor or or hosting them here in Norman, you got to love your chances at this point. I mean, I think you would have liked your chances regardless because you're Oklahoma. But again, that creates a bit of a, a empty space uh, in the confidence that you have in that program. And that's diminished. That's just a natural occurrence. I mean, we saw it with Oklahoma, whether it was Bob Soups to Lincoln Riley or Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables, you saw it. And Lincoln Riley probably even didn't even have the same kind of cachet that Jim Harbaugh has at this point. But yeah, I feel better about it. You know, a lot of it's going to depend on how Oklahoma does this year to how, how much more confident I'll feel about it. But right now, as we sit here in the middle of January or into January, I feel pretty good about Oklahoma's chances, you know, in that home and home series. It's sort of fascinating, too, because not to throw a 2024 season away, I'd like it right here, right now, and I'd love for it to be excellent for Oklahoma. And I think there's signs that if we can shake the magic eight ball here, I think there's signs that would point to yes for why that could be the case for Oklahoma. But there's also a reasonable assumption to be made that all of the stars could perfectly align in 25 for Oklahoma to make a championship run that all of those little pieces can officially be in place with the, the signing classes stacking on top of one another, Jackson Arnold having a full season under his belt. And oh, by the way, that just so happens to coincide with Oklahoma hosting Michigan early that season. So it's kind of fascinating that this happens with Jim Harbaugh. You've got this series scheduled, John. And that September 6th date in 2025, that's going to be the litmus test early that season to tell us, okay, yes, the Sooners are here and now ready to contend for a national championship, we would think, right? Because even if there's a little bit of regression for Michigan, I don't think either of us is expecting Michigan to lose five football games all of a sudden next season. No, not at all. I, you know, they, they might drop back to like a nine-win team or an eight-win team. Uh, but yeah, I'd be really hard pressed to put them at seven wins or, or fewer, but again, it happened to Oklahoma, 
Oklahoma went from being a 10-win team to a 6-win team. So if it can happen to Oklahoma, it can happen anywhere when you lose a head coach and, and there's so much NFL talent that departs your program, like what happened to Oklahoma after the 2021 season. Now, as we look at you know the, the other aspect of this, which I am blanking on here, Josh. Just the national picture, right? Thank you very much. So Harbaugh, national championship winning coach. Nick Saban, I don't need to read his resume off to you. Everybody's familiar with that. So those moves alone, Kalen DeBoer uh, coached in the national championship. He takes over Alabama. But really, we're talking about Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh, right? Those two guys vacating those posts. And I would toss this into the mix as well. Clemson not really being the same Clemson. We've seen Florida State a little bit on the rise, but as we take the temperature of the room as it be nationally, does this make you feel like the conditions are ripening for Oklahoma to go win a national championship? Does it add a little bit more pressure in that respect in the you know two to three year window here for Oklahoma to break through? I don't know if it adds any more pressure because the pressure's there. I think Brent Venables understands that if you're at Oklahoma, you got to win and you got to win conference championships and national championships. And just because you're moving to the SEC and just because there's an expanded playoff, it doesn't diminish the desire to go win a conference title. Now you can still win a national title, even if you don't win a conference title in the new era of college football, but I don't think it changes the pressure one bit. Now it creates a little bit, I think a little bit greater possibility that you're going to be able to go do that because now having to contend, not having to contend with Nick Saban, huge, not having to contend with Jim Harbaugh, enormous, you know, two national title winning coaches out the door that I think that creates opportunity, but not just for Oklahoma, but it creates opportunity for a Dan Lanning and Oregon. Uh, Jed Fish in Washington. It creates opportunity for Lane Kiffin in Old Miss, uh, Ryan Day in Ohio State. So there's a lot of programs that are going to get a bit of a bump. Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. You know, everybody gets, you know, that's in that second, third tier of programs, they get a bit of a bump now because Nick Saban's gone. You know, Michigan had already kind of gotten their bump, but now Jim Harbaugh's gone and they kind of fall back to the pack a little bit. But I mean, it's, we talk tiers all the time. It's Kirby Smart. It's Georgia. It's everybody else following. Everybody else is chasing chasing Georgia. Even though they didn't win the national title this year, they still might have been the best team in college football this year. That Alabama loss, it is what it is, but they were still a darn good football team in 2023. They just couldn't make the playoff because of the circumstances surrounding college football everywhere else. Uh, but, you know, I, and I, and I want to say, Washington, Texas, Michigan, they were probably the people most happy that Alabama knocked off the Bulldogs in the SEC title game. Cause I don't think anybody would have wanted to see Georgia in the playoff after what they'd done the previous two seasons. So I, I do think that this creates an opening for the Oklahoma Sooners to reassert themselves back into national title contender status, because that's where they need to be. And the pressure is always going to be there, whether you're a, a six win team, a 10 win team, a 12 win team, you just won the national title. It doesn't matter if you just won it. They're going to expect you to go win it again because at Oklahoma, you win national championships. And it's been far too long since the Sooners have won a national title. It's been the, the longest drought in between titles, uh, well, in, in program history for 
OU. I think uh, to me, it, it does add a little bit to it just because that Nick Saban road roadblock in particular is out of the equation. And to me, Oklahoma needs to pounce, if not in the form of a national championship this season or next, or even the season after that, they need to be seriously in the mix for a national championship. Like you could, you could smell that Georgia and Clemson were knocking on the door, right? And at times we felt that with Oklahoma, but we need to feel it again. We need to see Oklahoma make a serious run, get into the semifinals or in a national championship game and uh, and feel better. Obviously, if you can just break through, what are the next couple of seasons would be most ideal? Yeah, and so much is going to depend on what they look like this year. I mean, how they look against Tennessee, how they look against you know Texas and Auburn and and how they play that early part of the schedule is going to tell us a lot about what this team is. They got a lot of questions to answer, but let's try to project what that starting lineup could look like for the Oklahoma Sooners this fall. Coming up next year on Locked On Sooners, your team every day. The NFL regular season, well, it is O-V-E-R. It's over. Sayonara. But the NFL playoffs still zipping along just a little bit. Conference championship weekend is here with the 49ers, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Ravens. Right now, new customers, you could still get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets guaranteed win or lose. The app is uh, so easy to use with FanDuel Sportsbook. That's, again, America's number one sportsbook. A bunch of different ways to bet, such as their live same-game parlays, or uh, if you're wondering, okay, what is the right parlay? Which parlay sings to me? Well, how about visiting uh, the Parlay Hub? It's the best way to find popular parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Again, thanks so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. So shout out to all the everydayers out there making sure that they're clicking on the Locked On Sooners podcast, either on their audio stream or on YouTube as well. So Josh, let's take a stab at a little projection here for the lineup. Do you want to start offense or do you want to start on the defensive side of the football? I'm good with whatever. Fire away. All right. So let's start offensively. We know Jackson Arnold is going to be your starting quarterback. We have a pretty good idea that Gavin Sawchuk is going to be your starting running back. Although we thought that it, that was going to be the case going into last season. And it took about halfway through the year before Gavin Sawchuk really emerged. But uh, Gavin Sawchuk at running back, any, any question, any qualms with that? No, I don't think so. And I still f- feel like Javante Barnes will be heavily involved for Oklahoma. Uh, I do think Tatum, as a freshman, will be in the mix as well. But I think that Sawchuck in the final four or five games of the season, John, that was a Sawchuck we were waiting on. And I think he's established himself as the clear front runner heading into next season. All right, let's go to wide receiver here. Let's let's play with a three wide receiver set here because that's pretty much the base package for most college offenses, in particular for Oklahoma. So three wide receiver set. This is what I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. Nick Anderson, Deion Burks in the slot, and <clears throat> Jaleel Farouk in the other outside wide receiver position. Feel let free to me, disagree. Let me clear my throat. Uh, yes, be careful with the Jaleel Farouk out there for everybody. Well, Nick Anderson's a slam dunk for Oklahoma. 
Dion Burks, uh, I think, will come in and impact things too. I think that's a, a solid three. If you let me go four, I would say that Andrew Anthony is absolutely going to be right there too. The only thing you worry about is the injury recovery. Yeah, and I think a wild card here is Jaden Gibson taking over Jaleel Farouk's spot. I mean, I think you know if there's any kind of real competition that occurs this offseason, I could see that happening. The dude was really, really good in the limited playing time that he got this last season. So I could definitely see him overtaking Farouk at one of the wide receiver spots. And then obviously the Andrew Anthony injury situation, we'll monitor that all offseason to see how he's progressing ahead of you know spring ball and fall camp and the 2024 season along or before we get to offensive line, let's talk tight end. For me, it's Jake Roberts. He's, I think he's going to be the guy just because of the experience that he has playing a lot of college football, played a lot with Seth Luttrell, going to have an understanding of what Seth Luttrell really wants. He's a guy that can block really, really well. And I think he's a, a pass catcher that you can use. And I think he could be more productive than what you got out of Austin Stogner last year. Experienced guy that's played some college football has a, uh, not a ton of production, but some decent production to his name over the last couple of seasons. I could uh, certainly see him as at least your day one starter for Oklahoma. I'll be curious about McIntyre and Helms, how they factor in here for OU. And of course, everybody wants to know, right? How long uh, immediately is it possible for Devon Mitchell? I expect him in some way, shape or form to be a factor for Oklahoma. Uh, but yeah, probably Roberts to start as a, a safe bet. Yeah, he just to me has the the safer floor right now. But I, again, that could be a you know, day one thing that somebody takes his job as the season goes along. Uh, offensive line, this is going to be really fascinating to watch all uh, off season because Oklahoma may not quite be done adding offensive linemen. I mean, they're they're still in pursuit uh, of a couple portal offensive linemen. We'll see how that turns out. But here's what I'm going to go with for right now, and this is subject to change. But I'm going to go with Jacob Sexton at left tackle. I'm going to go with Michael Tarkin at left guard. Uh, right now, I'm going to go with Troy Everett or a portal addition at center. Uh, I'm going to go with right guard being uh, Fabechi Wiwu, and then at right tackle, Spencer Brown. Yeah, and uh, I, I definitely think Sexton, Brown, those are the two tackles for Oklahoma. Wiwu will be one of the starting guards. And uh, I think if it stays where it's at right now, yes, Everett would be the uh, the starting center. Who did you say at left guard? Michael Tarkin, the Florida, then USC, now Oklahoma. Sure, State. yeah, and he's got yeah plenty of starts and experience to his name. It, easy to see him plugging in there. Uh, obviously, for Oklahoma, I, you hope right that uh, you know Zida has made a jump. Uh, we'll, we'll see about some of these other guys. You know Taylor and company, how they factor in for Oklahoma. I, I like the the group you've got there. Josh Bates, I mean, is he going to press at all at center for Oklahoma after an off off season of work? I mean, I got to think that he does. Um, but right now, I just feel like with all of the uncertainty, I think they might try to lean on Everett's, you know, a little bit more experience and the veteran nature that he comes with. And and while I want to see these young guys emerge and, and start taking jobs as sophomores, they're still just sophomores. And there's still a lot of time for them to become starters for the Oklahoma Sooners. I, I think at times we want to be really quick to push them into the starting lineup when, hey, maybe they're not quite ready to be that just yet. But with development and further work in the strength and conditioning program, as you know, 
redshirt sophomores or juniors that they'll be ready to go. And, and that's okay. It's a developmental game. It takes time sometimes. Flipping to the defensive side of the football, I'm going to start in the secondary because I feel like this is kind of the more obvious uh, place to start. And we'll go with four defensive backs because it, based on how you view the cheetah position, it could be a linebacker, a defensive back. But let's just start pure defensive backs. Uh, I'm going to go with Woody Washington. I, I know we talked about how he could potentially lose his starting job, but I think he's a safe bet to start at one corner, Gentry Williams at the, at the other. And then I think your safety tandem is going to be Billy Bowman and Peyton Bowen. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Uh, to me, if you're Woody Washington, probably you're not coming back unless you have a pretty good inkling that you're starting at right. least to start. Right. right. And uh, you do have a nice combination of starts there in Gentry Williams in Woody Washington. We'll see about Des Malone, how, how much he's going to factor in. I, I assume that he's going to get some snaps. Now, is, are those starting snaps? Probably not, but he'll get some spot work and uh, Bowman and Bowen. I think, yeah, that's, that's obvious. What about Cheetah is, I mean, Dolby, is it going to be his gig? Is it going to be McCullough a year older, wiser, and faster, and all of that? Man, that's such a, a an odd position because they've platooned it so much that it's really hard for me to get a handle on what they want out of that. So I think it'll be Desan McCullough in kind of your early down base packages, and and I, I do think we'll see, we will see more Kendall Dolby. But again, like we talked about on our on our last show, I would love to see them give Desan McCullough more edge snaps, like pure edge snaps, not off ball linebacker or outside linebacker snaps. And then I'd like to see them get a Sam Omasigo or a Lewis Carter on the field in some of those cheetah snaps as well. I've, obviously Dolby is a really good nickel corner and he made some big plays for you uh, this season. So I would definitely want to continue to see him on the football field because he is a playmaker, uh, but it's going to be interesting how they, how they use that position. Now, at the other linebacker spots, we know Danny Stutzman's going to start, start, but I do think that there's going to be some competition at the other linebacker spot, whether it's Mike or Will, whatever it's going to be. The other one that's not Danny Stutzman's spot, we're going to see a competition, I think, between Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie and Jaron Kanick and those other young linebackers. And I think what they'll try to do is not just necessarily pigeonhole Danny into one spot or the other, but maybe let that competition play out. And then, you know, if it, if the better combination is Stutzman and Kobe McKenzie, then they'll just figure out how they best fit together. Or if it's Canick and, and Stutzman or Canick or Stutzman and Lewis, you know, obviously you just want to get your best two on the field and then figure out, okay, who fits better in the mic versus the will role. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch a name like Sammy Omasigo. I think too. Yeah. He, uh, I'm looking at the final depth chart from the bowl game and he was, uh, he was listed at the cheetah. So that's kind of the, the last spot that he was working. Do they rethink that? Does he get into the mix uh, at one of those backer spots? Or is that uh, a name to potentially watch to take those cheetah snaps away from a Mokola, from a Dolby? That'll be uh, interesting to watch there. I'm with you. I don't think the linebacker position is settled outside of Stutzman. Uh, I'm not counting Kanick out. I, I feel like there's some that are. But uh, I'm not ready to count him out just yet. I still think that the raw athleticism, I could see him making making a type of leap that, well, we saw from Kenneth Murray in the past and that you saw from Danny Stutzman where there were some flashes and then there was some not very good and then there was great play. So I'm not going to rule that out as a possibility, though. Obviously, he's got McKenzie and Lewis hot on his tail there. Defensive line uh, at edge, uh, you feel – 
good about Ethan Downs. And uh, are Mason Thomas, PJ Adabare, one of those guys stepping into a starting role? I mean, based on what you heard out of camp last fall, Armison Thomas, they said, was their best edge player. And but he just got dinged up and he couldn't get healthy and, and was limited for much of the year. So we'll see how this offseason goes. I'm going to give it to PJ. You know, I'm going to go Ethan Downs and PJ Adabare. I, I really think that, you know, another year in the strength and conditioning program, he's going to be that guy that that ascends and takes that job. Armison Thomas is still going to factor in as well. But I just think that right now, you know, he, he's not had an opportunity. He's not taken advantage of the opportunities yet because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Well, that's part of it. Just like we had in the Gentry Williams conversation yesterday, you got to stay healthy. You got to be available. Well, I, I think this is going to be the year that PJ takes off and, and runs with one of those starting edge spots. The defensive tackle position, Dejon Terry, to me, he's your starting one technique, your nose tackle. And then, man, the three technique gets really, really interesting. Bold prediction here. David Stone is going to start as a true freshman at your other defensive tackle spot. <laughs> Maybe it's not so bold. I don't know. But I, I do think a guy like Grayson Halton could emerge and become a starter. I do think, you know, Jacob Lacey is a veteran that they like. Uh, and Ashton Sanders, he's got the quickness to make an impact in the middle as well. But I, I see him more as a one technique. Also, it just seems like David Stone's going to have that tenacity and that motor to just wow coaches and make it really, really hard not to play him early. Well, he's definitely going to get snaps. I don't think there's any doubt. And I think his buddy, uh, Mr. Jaden Jackson will as well. I, uh, I'm going to pump the brakes a smidge and say that I think it'll be Lacey and Terry to start. Now could stone or Jackson midway through take one of those spots. Sure, I think that's a possibility. Could they be legitimate factors as freshmen? I expect them to, John. So, uh, But that's going to be fun to watch up front, how all of that develops. And I'll be curious about the other edge guys coming in, Nigel Smith, Okoye, uh, and company. Do any of Caden those Woolard. guys? Caden Woolard is a transfer portal addition. Yeah, I mean, he would seemingly be somebody that could factor in alongside the R. Mason Thomases and P.J. Atabares and Ethan downs of the world to to be a legitimate you know player for oklahoma but those young guys too outside uh does one of those guys emerge and, and pick up some snaps uh immediately or by season's end will be fun to follow but i think a lot of it is the these returnees john probably across the board they're returning because they're they're, they're going to be back to start i think at least to begin things yeah and and i think that's a safe place to go as well but it's just going to be hard, I think, to keep David Stone out of out of the starting lineup at some point in the 2024 season. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Let us know what your projected startup starting lineup is going to be in the YouTube comments if you're following along here with us on YouTube. Uh, make sure you just you break it all down from quarterback to tight end to defensive line to defensive back. We want to see your projected starting lineups as well. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John Nine Williams. Send all the hate mail to at Locked On Sooners. Uh, at gmail.com or on Twitter or Facebook as well. Uh, follow the show wherever you get your social media fix. And again, thanks for subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>